makes your heart turn today, sir? Um, well, uh, a collection of volatile fatty acids and some diltiazem, but I think you weren't speaking so literally. Um, yeah. uh, oh, gosh. Um, so we were talking earlier about um, the whole you can never go home again thing, right? Yes, for sure. All right. Well, so I know I know you had an experience with that recently, and I had an experience with that. Uh, it's been a while. I've had many of them, but the first real light bulb moment was yeah. probably a decade ago. Um, and so I had finished graduate school, and I forget if we were engaged or married, and it doesn't really matter. But my my college's um, wasn't homecoming, Founders Day, whatever they. It, it, Every college has a different tradition, but they're all basically the same. It's the alumni weekend. And so you go back and and you're all excited because you know we're gonna we're gonna do the 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 activities and go to the play and have the tradition and sing the 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 song and do the whatever and it's just like old days. And then you get there and there's a bunch of kids that you don't know and they look like children sure. and there's new buildings with new names and this is different and that's different and you're like okay well this is this is fun but i'm you know 20 something and i don't really need to hang out on a college campus with a bunch of 19 year olds like this is stupid right this isn't my college campus with my 19 year olds because i'm not 19 anymore god that's horrible uh, it was okay but it was definitely like a moment where it's like this is this is not I mean that's the building where we'd stayed up till two in the morning and played Dungeons and Dragons, but they're not there and I'm not there and we're not doing that this weekend. So that's nice. God, it's so sad. You know, it is, but it isn't. At first, absolutely, that was my response. It's like, well, that's that's gone forever, and it's 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 never going to happen again. And that moment only exists you know, within the chambers of my brain, oh, sadness. And then you kind of, I don't know, a little time and distance. You say, well, that's okay. Because if I lived there forever, then I'd never do any of the other things that I've ever done. And it's just a piece. And I don't know, it's like, you can still look at a picture and enjoy looking at the picture without having to be in the picture. Does that make any sense at all? It does. And it's heartbreaking in its own way. I mean, my experience was something that we've talked about for a long time was pretty much going down to South Florida and trying to drive past grandma's house and see these little things that used to be my entire world and ultimately culminating to the moment where I hopped on a fucking plane in Traverse City and flew three hours and appeared mm -hmm. in Central Florida with a rental car reservation and nothing but the Everglades between me and this story. And it was... I arrived down there at like 5.15. It was still going to be daylight for 45 minutes. And I literally hit the highlights quickly. I took the exit off 595 for uh, mm -hmm. university. And I was like, yep. Peter's Road, man, first left, yep, first man. right. I'm doing it. And I did it. And I literally got to this point. I drove till dark. I went across university to the fountains and I pulled into the parking lot there. And I almost bawled my eyes out. Well, I did for a while. And I was like, this is fucked up. Like I just did this long experience. It was something that started early in the morning and ended to dark on the other end. And it was so fucking surreal that, like you said, all of this stuff is here. There's kids out in the neighborhood. Oh, here comes a car. We can't shoot the basketball. Like this stuff was affecting me because I wasn't that kid. And no kid I recognized was on that neighborhood street. But they were literally as if 
nothing ever happened. They were still there doing it. Like all -hmm. those neighborhoods still have young kids in them playing. And there's all this life around the the schools and the area. And it's, it, I don't just, I guess what it made me realize is how, well, how ill-equipped I was to deal with these kind of surreal emotional situations. Like, I'd hope that when you arrived at your college, you you had all this internal processing. You were like, wow, this is obviously a kick to the gut, but it's also, I mean, it affected a lot. Like there was, there's a lot down there that I didn't appreciate was going to come out all in those moments. So two thoughts, um, the, the, the kind of, well, I'll, I'll do the tangent first and we'll come back to reality. Sounds good. The, the tangent. <laughs> so there's, there's a whole bunch of books by Piers Anthony and, and I would definitely call them preteen or teen books. Cause I think the older you get, the less cool they are. Um, but the first one was on a pale horse and it was all this, like, was, it was death and war and love and whatever. And they were all these like kind of Greek gods, so to speak, but they were characters and then they're just, they're people. And then you get promoted to the position of death. So, you know, here's a guy in his apartment that's got nothing to lose and, you know, decides he's going to commit suicide, but instead of death coming to claim him, death's like, here, take the keys. I'm done. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, now what do I do with everything? And, and there's a whole heaven and hell war and a few other things that make the five or six books worth reading. And, and they're cool enough, I guess. Um, anyway, any, there's one section where he goes to visit uh, Gaia or Earth or whatever. And, and again, the technicalities don't, don't really matter. But he's, and he's on one mode of transportation. And, you know, some idiot comes blaring by him in another mode of transportation. And then later on, he's, he's like navigating this maze or whatever. And then he moves to a different mode of transportation. And, and this idiot won't get out of his way on this other mode of transportation. And you kind of get to the end of this thing. And about three quarters of the way through, you realize what's happening. Um, but basically, he is each person in each situation. But he doesn't recognize oh. himself when he's in the other ones. Um, Interesting. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of like the interstate, you know, anybody slower than you is, 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 is a moron and anybody faster than you is an asshole, except it's a continuum and you're slower than faster than somebody else. For sure. But base, yeah. So like, you know, the bicycle is in the road and the road guy is going too fast for the pedestrian and the, it's just anyway. So you were, you, you were the kid and now you are the car, but the car and the kid always exist is I guess the only place where I was going with that. So that's mm. always kind of an interesting thought exercise to say like, yeah. And the person who was in the car is now, you know, the grandma because 20 years have gone by. I hear you. So, so there's yeah. one little mm to add there. Um, but then back to, to the, why is it so tragic? I think it really depends on how much unfinished business you leave somewhere. And so for you, I imagine South Florida is a treasure trove of unfinished business. Um, mm. I, I know that we used to go up to, so my father never sold his mother's house in Ohio for a long, long, long time. And it was paid off. So, you know, a tax bill's not that much on a paid off house and a, especially one that's not South Florida tax rates. It makes sense. Outside of Cleveland, like whatever, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge upkeep. And so to say, oh, we had a summer home in Cleveland, you know, it sounds a lot more prestigious than just, hey, it was this yeah. 1960s ranch that like, you know, you been was, to paid Cleveland? Off <laughs> <laughs> was paid off 30 years ago. And you just like, whatever, it's a tax bill. Um, oh, it's a family heirloom. That's a fa Yeah, you could drive past uh, the, the tavern from the Drew Carey show. It was, <laughs> hey, I mean, there's, there's real culture up there. Okay? There sure is, man. People in Cleveland uh, right now screaming at their computers. <laughs> hey, I love Cleveland and I go back in a heartbeat. Um, 
of course, the Indians are being a bunch of schmucks and they're trying to rename the team, but that's a whole different conversation. Oh, it is. Anyway, um, but, um, you know, he kicked that house around for, oh, God, 15 years or more, 20 years? I don't know, forever. I mean, she died when I was five and I was, I think they finally sold it. I was married or engaged or whatever, but I mean, a very solid 20s. Yeah, probably 20 years, probably from five to 25. I'll, I'll say that's good round numbers. And I wasn't in the position to buy a house and they weren't in a position to hold up two houses and they were trying to expand the farm and they needed the liquid capital. And so they went ahead and sold off the house and got their, their chunk of change for it and then reinvested it in what was important to them. And so I found myself five years later going, man, I want to go back. Now it's gone. Great, whatever. And like, you know, now that a few years goes by, you say, well, I I could have afforded that house. You know, I I could have afforded that or the payments on it, or I I could have just bought it for them for what they sold it for. And, you know, I could, Mm. I could have a license in two different States and I could have gone up there for the summers when it's, you know, 95 degrees down here and nobody wants to be down here, (laughs) Um, you know, and and I could have done this and I could have done that. And we could have gone to the ball games. I mean, not now that they're changing the name of the team, but (laughs) terrible, um, terrible things happening there. Bastards, bastards. Anyway, taking away um, the cold. Like they're ignoring the Indians by taking their name off of it. Oh, don't. Yes. Well, so there was a Native American that was on the team that was one of those, you know, Jackie Robinson color breaker kind of people. And so they named it the Indians after kind of after him. It was Lou Dobbs, I think. Don't don't quote me on that. Uh, No, it wasn't. That's a whole different thing. Never mind. Ignore me. Point being, I'll go look it up later. Summers Um, in Cleveland. Yeah, right. Anyway, moon over Parma, bring my love to me tonight. But uh, they sold anyway, Grimace House quick, though. Yeah, I'm I'm on a tangent. Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, but yeah, I was just thinking, oh, man, I I, I could have had it, and I could have this, and I could have that. And I could I can close my eyes and walk around that house just <sighs> absolutely like I'm in it. I mean, it is the most mental I can torture. Just plug myself into the matrix and smell it, and it's gone. And, and I said to Eric, oh, you know, maybe we could, maybe if it ever comes back up on the market, I'll buy it, you know, like just, just do whatever again. And she's like, you know, they ripped that avocado refrigerator out and remodeled it. It's not going to be the same, right? No. Not the avocado refrigerator, <laughs> the under counter can opener. Um, and that's tough. when you realize you can never go home again. So yeah, I, I hear you, but grandma's house, go ahead. So no, appearing there was seeing, and I have my own, and I think it's not, like you said, it's not just the treasure trove of things to deal with it's how are you trained to deal with unfinished information like my mom lost her mother while she was 11 1200 miles away and had this such a fucking mental breakdown that it literally affects me in some sort of butterfly effect PTSD moment every October. I go into this wait isn't the world ending isn't everything burning down like because that's how my mom dealt with her loss of her own parent. So mm-hmm. I have these horrible reference points of dealing with loss. So whether it's friendships that never will make sense, or it's family members that will never make sense, or locations that I look at and try to associate with some sort of, hey, you were a kid and this was okay. Like I'm trying to reboot my hard drive back to the last time everything worked okay. And I thought yeah. going down there would be, well, hell, there's at least seven years old. That's a early update or that's an early, you know, safe point. And literally what it did is it put me back in this childhood 
unable to deal. Like that's embarrassing. I have three kids. Fuck. Yeah, and that that's that parenting. You'll always hurt your kids. You just don't know how you're gonna hurt them, kind of thing. Well, but yes, your parent parents, not you, <laughs> not well. Okay, yes, by extension, but I meant like, yeah. So she could she couldn't process a problem in her life that then got passed down to you, and then it's 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 upon your shoulders now, and you didn't ask for it. But it's upon your shoulders now. How do I process this secondhand processing? before it becomes a third hand processing and and, oh and that God. gives you its own existential crisis which i'm certainly not trying to exacerbate um i had i had to i mean oh god so first of all i mean our mothers are sisters so that's that's not that far removed and i can empathize on a lot of things yep. big spoiler alert there haven't mentioned yeah, that womp, womp. this moment <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. well you started with grandma's house so i figured it was my grandma's house sorry it's the same house no not here yet it's totally the true. same avocado refrigerator <laughs> avocado 2 attack of the ice machine oh my god that house is great you know, your brother tried to pawn off. There was one Mickey ice cream bar left in the free. I will never let him live this down. There's one Mickey ice cream bar left in the freezer and there's two of us. So he says, I'll tell you what, I'll strike you a deal. I'll take the Mickey ice cream bar and you can have an ice cube. And I knew it wasn't a fair deal, but I didn't want to be a stinker either because I didn't yeah. want to cause a fight. That's Brian Beck with negotiation right there. <laughs> yeah, well, antique dealing. Uh, I'll pay anyway. you to yep yeah 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 Jesus a uh, dollar tomorrow for a hamburger today so um but um my father lost his father so mm. Grandpa Norman uh, when he was five to leukemia and mm. so he de facto didn't have a dad so he had his mother who was a school teacher and then his mother's mother who like knew five words of English and was a hard, 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 something old German lady from the old country. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They left, you know, World War One was starting to get like mm, some stuff might go down. So they split before Austria, Hungary really sunk their ship. Um, so they were, you know, real ruler to the knuckles kind of people. Um, and so he he had a lot of stuff that to this day at 73 he still has not processed but i'm not going to be the one to tell him that dude that's dangerous uh, yeah and um and so i i you know his he was raised by women and didn't love it and his only male role model was his uncle until his uncle's second wife said you have no business hanging around that kid and so surprise he's got a whole lot of pent up i don't like women misogyny kind of junk in his closet um and then and it's not and it's not the not what today's culture wants to say you know you say that word oh, it's rape culture no 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 not, not that not the objectifying the like they ruin your fun go buy a motorcycle and stay single kind of misogyny like a different kind of <laughs> okay. women just tie you down and make your life difficult stay free kind of thing um and that's that has that's a lot to unpack do and you deal come with it when you want to be a married man do you come a self-fulfilling prophecy though when you believe that? Like oh, do sure. you do you believe I'm in sure. you want women to be that way? So you're gonna find a woman is that way so you could look and go, see, told you so, god damn it, I'm gonna live miserable. Because is it or just or just everything you see, you choose to see through that lens. What is the love of misery? Well, yeah, well, be, because because yeah, well, because uh, yeah. Well, because then it becomes anytime 
other person wants to do something for them and it's not for you, then you completely forget everything they ever did for you and just focus on the, what they're doing for them. And then you never let me have any fun and you're a horrible person and all you want to do is control me. And you know, you go down that rabbit hole. I mean, is that narcissism or no, or it only affects you and you only notice how it affects you or is that not, or is that something else? It, I, well, I'm not a psych major, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I suppose it could be under that umbrella. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. So here's another person in my life, uh, and I, I, I'm extremely limited on what I can say about other people's family, um, but I am absolutely convinced that my mother-in-law is physically incapable of empathy. Like, there is the worldview according to how she sees it from the world, from her brain outside her eyes, Yeah, and the ability to put herself in somebody else's shoes doesn't exist. Like that's tough, man. That's it's, tough. it's like it's it's like Goodfellas, you know. Like the guy gets stabbed. Why are you using all my white towels? Now I don't have any more white towels. Like I don't know if you remember the movie. Okay, the, the punchline is like the guy's bleeding on the front stoop, and it's like, hey, you know, it's mobsters. Yeah. You know, yeah. hey, get off my stoop. You're getting blood on the tile. Yeah, you like, scratched my knife. Yeah, you scratched my <laughs> exactly. Like never mind, the guy's stabbed. Like, hey, get him out of here. You know, I'm trying to sell pastries. Um, so, you know, because it just I don't care about him. Um, and that's, that's a niche example, but you get the point. I totally like, get it. Yeah. No, there's the inability to see someone else yeah. in their moment. Right. So I don't, I don't know. And, and, you know, there certainly are extreme cases and there are mild cases. And is that, is that narcissism? Is that some kind of personality disorder? Yeah. Um, I, you know, Self-preservation tactic. I Not well, Yeah. Well, okay. But I mean, I'll be the first person to sit there and say, you know, me first is self-preservation and, and you know, the, the, the how's all that Ayn Rand stuff go? You know, the, the smallest minority is the individual and all that other garbage. Um, it's not garbage. <laughs> well, it's great. Well, but, it's you know, true, technically, I yeah, guess, it's, right? It's, it's true. It's true. Um, comma, however, as as some of my other friends will point out to me, is you cannot survive. Like Army of One has to be the dumbest slogan on the planet. You cannot survive alone. You have to exist within some kind of societal framework, you know, the, the tribe of hunter gatherers, the city, the town, the, the, the Knights of Columbus, the whatever your group is, because unless yeah. you can defend your land to grow your food, you know, process your waste. I mean, unless you think that you can do absolutely all of it without another single human being, which you either can't or you can't and still have an iPhone, depending on how you want to <laughs> interpret that. Right. Um, you know, you yeah, can identify as human and be off by yourself, but that's not yeah, necessarily you, you, you great. Can't, you can't, you can't get a hundred percent off the grid. You just, you just can't. I mean, you can get really close, but then, then what are you at that point? So uh, just You're free. To, to, God damn it. America. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, freedom yeah, is yeah. the only way. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that. Uh, I hear you though. There's a lot that we. I just mean like you, you have you have to you have to be able to give a little give a little bit. Otherwise, you know, there's no. There has to be a give and take. You, you have to be able to exist within the framework to some extent. Now that doesn't mean you know completely stoop to everyone and everything and have no sense of self and just you know get used. But everything's on a continuum. I think that's true. 
It's terrifying, though, where you find your place and you don't know where your place is necessarily until you have these life altering moments, whether it's dealing with people yeah. like in-laws that are not your own family, but somehow are or spouses or children or bosses and coworkers, and this shit pops up all the time until until you reach that moment in your life when you can look your uncle in the eye realized he killed your father announce it to the whole tribe and throw him off the cliff then you can't assume your role as king on pride rock <laughs> so disney world is a trippy bitch dude <laughs> i told you i didn't realize those parks were connected they are not connected like that is not even walking distance that is like 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 a little mini interstate system away from each other it's the circle of Disney. And just so everyone knows, you can't park <laughs> hop till after two o'clock. So if you only got half a day there, you ain't park hopping. <laughs> that might be a Rona thing. I don't remember that being. Oh, that was the thing when I went there. Oh, well, who knows? I, spent, I, haven't, you know, been there. I haven't been there since the Rona. I... Have you seen the Star Wars thing? I have not. You have not seen the Star Wars world? I have not. I, um, when it came out, it was like super duper busy. And I don't know that we were in a position to go or we didn't care or whatever. And then, I mean, I want to say it came out, what, last fall? It's been open for 14 or 15 months or something like that. Like, it came out and then the Rona happened, so. like, bam, bam. Yikes. So, yeah. And they I have just... a nice little immersive thing where you can leave Toy Story on the one side or whatever that little backlot thing is on the other side. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool where you go into the little scenery change and the the speakers pick up with a little do 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 you're in star wars land now and the little battle sequences over the hills you can hear in the woods that don't exist and there's some little disney-esque things that bring you into it but i didn't go on any of the rides i didn't have the time to i just physically stood there and said oh my god this is still real and it's crazy that's another one of those meet your childhood moments where you see a theme park for what it is but it's ultimately awesome oh. But yeah. it's a theme park, like you like you said. It's you a theme have park. to reformat that. So, yeah, well, you know. So you went to, and to this day, I'll call it MGM, except it's Hollywood MGM. Studios. It's Hollywood Studios, whatever the, whatever the heck it is. Stood now. at the base of Tower of Terror, took my picture there, even though I didn't right. go on it. Right. Hour just, wait. Is that normal? I don't. Yeah, I think so. I think so. That's it, fair. It's pretty much. There's two. There's two ways to to go to Disney: get a fast pass or be a schmuck. Like it's really, it's I was definitely the schmuck. <laughs> hey, I want to see everything in 10 minutes. Ah, you suck, Disney. No, uh, yeah, you can't do that. Um, yeah, but I went back there and you know, A, it was it took a hot minute to get into the like, welcome to the Hollywood back studio kind of theme for the park. Like, okay, what? Um, uh, and then you know, you get there and you get in the middle and I don't know. First it was the water tower and then it was the phantasmic hat. And then they went back to the water tower. And then I don't know what the central icon for that park is anymore, but you look and there's that the echo Lake or something like that. You look across the little pond and there's the 1950s green stucco dinosaur with the ice cream hut in it. And I remember that I, I remember Uncle Tony, that asshole. Still uh, there, still there, man. Yeah. Had a Christmas hat. Him, you know, I was a little kid. And he was like, look, it's a dinosaur. And like, I kind of knew it wasn't, but then I kind of wanted to humor him because he was acting like it was real. And then, <laughs> like there's that awkward moment where you're kind right. of a little bit big, but still you're willing like, to play along. But he's talking okay. to me. Yeah, but he's talking to me. It's kind of weird. Yeah, um, for sure. Oh, Uncle Tony. Anyway, um, he's still out there somewhere. 
beat red faced yelling at somebody about how good his sauces are because he went to culinary school and he's a pre-diabetic ma i'm a chef his hair. ma look at this is my lunch <laughs> ma i'm a chef they, they pay me for this corn sauce ma ma i'm a chef ma i'm a chef good guy haven't talked to him in many moons yeah, I assume he's still out there somewhere. Never know unless you go look Ter- at man. Terrorizing turdy turd and turd. No, thank you. I'm good. Um, <laughs> you don't need to run, get run over by a semi truck to know what it feels like. No, no, good. Gotcha. Good. Um, but yeah, you go and you you go back there and you realize it's it's the same stucco and and the same green paint and it's a lot smaller now that you're bigger and it's kind of derpy looking and it's still cool, I guess. So what happens? And then in you that- look, and then you look at your kid and you go. Look, it's a dinosaur. I wonder if it's going to move. <laughs> what do they do in that reflection pond? The water seemed low. Do they like fill it up at night and do a show in it or what? Mm, or is it just out of where? commission? Which where? In the reflection pond. In the in the dinosaur pond where the little ship is on the one side and the stucco dinosaur. I don't, they, I don't think they do anything in there. Really? I thought there was like a little, I thought the ship moved back and forth or something. Oh my God, you're going to make me look up a map now. No, I mean, hey, I thought you are the aficionado of Disney. I was hoping to get the inside scoop here. Um, so maybe not MGM Hollywood, whatever the crud that is, is probably Hollywood my least favorite. Theaters. Okay, thank What's you. What's your favorite? Much. I t- t- talk to me about your favorite one. Oh. For the most part, I'm a classicist. Mm-hmm. I will always be a Magic Kingdom guy. There you go. Comma, however. Um, we did we did experience a, a very enjoyable Epcot Renaissance um, in the married no children phase. Interesting, because there's this thing that they do at Epcot that they don't do at Magic Kingdom called alcohol. Really, uh, really, yeah, and that can be a powerful thing. You know, there's the power of childhood and the power of alcohol, and they're very different, but somehow still connected. Um, <laughs> <laughs> making life better you mean a little glow to everything oh look at my kid walking for the first time but no hand um, hand. go <laughs> sometimes uh, wait the the bottle or the kid um so the um yes so when you're when you're when you're when you're a 20 something childless disney fan to which every parent looks at with disdain but when you are that person you don't realize why um <clears throat> that's going to be the theme for today is just different positions on the continuum looking at each other perfect okay, that's fine that's fine yep, awesome. we can roll with that we yes. can roll with that yeah uh you know you're like oh well we're gonna go and we're gonna enjoy the the cuisine and we're gonna drink around the world and we're gonna experience the depth of cultures and oh look there's some luck in the sombrero how insensitive haha um and and you kind of have a different a different kind of beat on the whole thing and it's 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 a very enjoyable experience but it's absolutely not the same as stepping foot on main street usa and feeling five again Mm. yes yeah and i still make her ride carousel of progress because it's a classic and i don't care what you think so what is carousel of progress that little sleepy sleepy legend in magic kingdom Please tell me you you did not get this far in life and not go on that. You know what are you talking? Okay, well, no. I what are you talking about? I mean, I know some of the classics in there. I thought uh, I'd watched every YouTube oh. video. Okay, all right. So in Tomorrowland, okay, 
Let's see. Okay. So, so you enter Tomorrowland from the center square and to your left is Stitch's Great Escape, which doesn't run barely anymore because nobody likes it. But before that, it was alien for a brief period of time and it scared the living urine out of me <laughs> as a small child. Um, I don't know why that was in a Disney park, but it was horrifying. Um, and then across from that used to be uh, the time travel or something or other Robin Williams show, which was fantastic, but is now monsters Inc, which is tolerable. Um, and then around that corner, when you get to the, the, the space elevator ride that always had a huge long line that I never got to go on ever in my life. And I'm still butthurt about to this day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, we all have our things. We do. We um, do. Around that corner is now the Buzz Lightyear space ranger spin, whatever, but it used to be, wasn't fantasy of flight miracle of flight i have to go look it up flight of dreams or something like that but it was all about flying and aviation back when flying was cool in the 60s um right. sponsored by delta or whoever it was oh god um, right. that was a cool that was a super cool fun little ride but it, it definitely aged um after everybody ever over the age of three had been on an airplane um and anyway, so then there's a soundstage there that they do some weird dance party up that nobody cares about. And then after that, tucked in the little corner, um, before you get to what used to be the old Skylift Skytram station, I'm showing my age now, um, that's where the Carousel of Progress was. And from the original 1960s World Fair, which also brought you It's a Small World, mm, um, that, that one. was, right? So that was... A, it's a it's a stage play with animatronics, for lack of a better term. So it's it's sort of in the vein of Hall of Presidents, but a little more dynamic. And there's four scenes, but technically five rooms because one of them is just the closed curtain narration. So it's one twentieth of a pie, which makes a pretty decent stage. And the gimmick, the the shtick, so to speak, was that all the animatronics and all the everything on the four stages were in the center, and they stayed in the same position but the audience around the outside in what was essentially now a donut of theater chair wedges oh interesting yeah rotated around so you got in at position zero right and you sat in your little you know it's, it's, a, it's a stage so you know there's 10 rows or whatever and it, they all kind of go down to the front and it's a pie wedge and the stage is in the front and it's just a closed curtain and a narrator and it's you know in 1960 when walt disney envisioned the carousel of progress you know whatever okay <laughs> sure um, and then you have this epiphany that it's the same narrator from a christmas story and you go oh my god it's ralphie um but um here's another random trivia fact for you uh and and so then they sing the little song and then you start rotating so you're going to the left so that's counterclockwise you're going to the right so that's counterclockwise yeah um, and then your first stage is you know okay well it's the turn of the century and so there's there's the father and the mother and the son and the daughter and then there's usually one or two extra like derp characters and the dog <laughs> and they're all and animatronic you know, the or whatever yeah and they're all absolutely yeah and so, so cool and so he and so he narrates all the well, it's the turn of the century and things have never been better. And, you know, you, you can leave a train from New York to Los Angeles and it only takes 11 days or, you know, whatever the, the statistic is. Uh, and we have this and we have that. And, you know, life is wonderful. And then they sing the little song about invention and, you know, man has a dream and, you know, he follows his dream. And then we have all this cool stuff and then it rotates to the next stage. And now you're in the 20s and, you know, 
can you believe people have cars and electric lights and you know he's got wires everywhere we don't have kerosene anymore blew another fuse and and then there's a little story there and now a train only takes you know five days to get to los angeles or whatever the you know you, you you'll watch the same repeating segments kind of change over time like you know well we have kerosene lights now and we don't have to shovel coal or now we have electric and we don't need kerosene or now the train takes less time and you rotate and then it's the 50s or whatever and it finally gets around to the end which is very 90s and they have tried to bring it forward but you can only bring a 90s scene so far forward before it's still the 90s yeah for sure like there's nothing you can do with it anymore um, and then they're playing video games and stuff and, and, and whatever. And then, and then you're done and that you could see this century of progress and it's, you know, it's cool enough. I yeah, guess. It's cool. It's that def- it's still there. It's, it's cool. enough. that's what's so cool. I think it's very, it's very definitely hall of presidents. Like, yeah, you know, the adult makes you go so many times that you kind of just have this learned affinity for it, like black coffee. And you go, why do you drink that? I don't know, because I always have. And so every time you go, you go on the stupid ride and and you've got the whole thing memorized and you sing the song and your spouse looks at you like, dear God, why? Uh, and then you drag your kid and you hope that someday he'll have it stuck in his head, too, because the cycle continues. I hope they never change um, the Haunted Mansion. That's in Magic oh, Kingdom, God. right? That's yeah, that's that's amazing. Dude, that that that's is always still good. It's so far ahead of itself, I feel. It always was. It, I love the storyline with the whole It just doesn't whole, get bad. The it woman in the attic bad. and the graveyard yeah. and the, the the song is good, the the animatronics are good, the staging of it is good. But you know, there was this transition from the stage to the digital. And I've talked about this in the context of movies before, but we'll keep it Disney-centric for two seconds. When you are forced to work in practical effects and you are forced to work in the field of view of a stage and you know you have a live audience looking at a live thing, there's a way that you frame your story. There's a way that you frame your props. There's a way that you can use visual elements and you have to use you know, force perspective and hide the rigging and, and all the whatever technicalities that I don't have a theater yeah. degree, but the stuff that goes into making that happen. God, so cool. And there's just certain, and there's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief that you, you know, it's not real, but you let yourself kind of just forget that for a minute and enjoy being in it. And it's wonderful. And then somewhere along the line, CGI got better and better and better and better. And then CGI like took this step and said, well, I can just, be real and I can just take reality and do whatever I want with it. Except then you get things that the brain knows shouldn't make sense, Uh. but doesn't have that trigger of also knowing that it's latex wrapped around a, you know, a a mold. And then you kind of go, now what do I do with it? For the same reason that if you watch a cartoon, you go, ha, it's a cartoon. But then, you know, you watch avatar and you go, this is just kind of weird. Like, I don't dislike it, but it's yeah, it's that uncanny valley that's like it's too yeah. real for me to let go of it, but not real enough. My brain still knows it's not real. The Polar Express <laughs> thing is crazy that way as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, they like used motion capture, but not enough of it, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. It goes. That's no, it's so true. It's it's like we're gonna make real people out of it, but we're not gonna make, you know, we're only gonna use sixteen data points and not, you know. 16,000 data points and so you you don't groundbreaking for the time but definitely shows its weaknesses yeah and you know 
and that's where that's where that's where something like Toy Story. That was an excellent first animated movie, because you know what they're toys. So if they look like plastic, no one cares. Yeah. And the movie doesn't really show its age until you see like Sid's face, and then you're like, oh god, what is that? <laughs> Who is this? But then you're so invested in it that like yeah. nobody cares. Um, but yeah, they do. But even there, they still had the presence of mind to go, we're going to show as few faces as possible. So we're just going to show everything from the toys perspective. So it's shoes and feet. Right. And yeah. the kids go this way and the kids go that way. And it's shoes and feet. The storytelling. You, know, you ever see the mom, you know, you no. see the bottom of the car. Um, and, and yeah, it's storytelling. It's, it's that forced perspective. It's a 3D digital space and you can do literally anything you want. Yeah, but we're going to keep that forced perspective because it's a it's a vector of storytelling that makes sense. And then when you see Legolas doing all these stupid flippy jumps while 12 dwarves are bouncing down a river in barrels and uh. they're all singing and dancing and throwing fish to each other. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but this is not J.R.R. <laughs> Tolkien. Know. I don't know how to handle this information. <laughs> like, error. Error. No, no, Error. I like it in where, like in the Haunted Mansion, where the hallways, like you said, the forced perspective to make the hallways look deeper, or yeah. that or that or that amazing scene in the banquet hall where that room felt huge. And I know it's bigger than the rest of the rooms you were seeing, but the way they set everything up, and it was like to this day, I don't know special how they project stuff. the ghosts. And I know I can look it up and I refuse to. I don't know how they do it. They're real ghosts. They're magic. I don't care. They are good, real ghosts. Me. They are magic. And the way they make those things appear next to you in the mirrors. Right? right? Magic. Don't 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 Fucking tell me the secret. Magic. Don't tell me the secret. Just let me just let me live it. No, Magic Kingdom's got some special. I mean, just for the Haunted Mansion alone, that's got a special little I've always been that kind of Halloween is cool and yeah. it's kind of mystical scariness without it being that's not the, that's way the was... worship of satan you heathen and we're not going to do halloween and we're not going to dress up because it's not about the candy it's about literal devil worship dude that's true read your bible <sighs> do unto others lest ye be turned into a pillar of salt oh, uh... it's in the bible it's in the bible <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start a religion <laughs> god damn it <laughs> I feel like somebody messed up their Greek there, but okay. Um, I remember it as do unto others as you would have others do unto you, but hey, I'm yep. not a scholar. That's the golden rule. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, anyway, yeah, well, which is very, no, I'm not going to go there. Um, Maybe he should. <laughs> no, no. Okay. He'll ease right, off kids, of that one. The, the golden rule and the golden shower are not the same. <laughs> Oh. Done. done. It shouldn't have gone there. I know. How about up? Boom. Okay. At least we got it out of the way, though. Yeah, That's well, important, you know, I think. I, what is this about indulgences? Like you do enough good stuff and you get an indulgence here or there? No, I mean, anyway. Um, maybe. Maybe. No, but it's funny because so last episode we went through this whole religion expose. I don't even know what the heck we talked about. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because you, you, and I thought this was just a, a Hispanic thing, but. I, I guess that's a false association because they're all Catholic. So it's a Catholic thing, but I thought it was a Hispanic thing because those are basically inseparable sometimes, or at least they are here in Florida. Kind of seems um, like it, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, missionaries do their thing. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but so this all like, like um, uh, the Dia de los Muertos and stuff like that. And, and they definitely have their own tilt on it i'm not going to try and separate those things but uh 
you know, going through the going through the liturgical year and the whatever, and they get to the the veneration or not the veneration, um, no, the end of October and all the November and stuff. There's there's definitely a lot of death message and definitely a lot of the end of the end of the year, the liturgical year anyway, before Advent starts all over again. Um, but a lot of that, like, well, you know what, we're going to, we're going to remember them. And then, you know, when the end of the world comes and the dead rise again, but in a good, like, you know, hug your, your grandma kind of way. Like a celebration of and, death. Yeah, instead it's like of, a, yeah. yeah. And so it's just a celebration of those who have passed on. And yes, I acknowledge that Halloween rope-a-doped a whole lot of pagan junk into it for entertainment. Value. Yeah, it did. But like, you can find traditional foundations in that stuff. And like, if I'm presented with the opportunity between, well, we're going to teach the value of the holiday, recognize that the secular stuff is just entertainment and enjoy the candy or teach the religious stuff, say that the secular stuff is all devil worship and then beat them with cane. I feel like there's a clear parenting decision here. At least some middle ground between those two options. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there are people out there. I like the first one. Right. I know that there are people out there who got beat with the cane, and I feel like I'm talking to one of them. Yeah, but I'm here, folks. Here to tell you. Yeah. Cane beatings only get you so far. Pushes a whole bunch of anger inside of you that comes out later. Yeah. In its own little psychological way. Yeah. Yeah. But the holiday value, there's a lot of holiday value. There's a lot of holiday value. And Tons. You can, and, and Culture. You can, you can enjoy Santa and still know that it's about Jesus. You can you can enjoy, you know, you can enjoy the dancing skeletons and still, and the candy and still go, yeah, but we're not actually going to light the black flame candle on All Hallows Eve because then you have witches you have to deal with. And nobody likes witches. Witches are bitches. It's... <laughs> It's intent too, man. If your intent is to summon some bullshit, you don't need a, 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 a holy day to do that. I mean, you no, can, you don't. No, no, you don't. And it you depends can sacrifice on a so goat much. whenever the heck you want to. That's yeah, America. Yep. Uh, and all those Wiccans okay. out there going, "Dude, represent!" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude." We lived in, out in Thompsonville in this area that was, but we had these 120 acres or 100 and change acres, but up to. No, just, just don't claim the other 20. Just say it was 100 acres. 100 just say acres. It was 100 acres of wood. Of and wood <laughs> and crick. Crick and wood, folks. That's right. That's and right. wildlife you where you shot deer out the bedroom window. But it butted up to this 16 and square miles. And a bear that loved honey. <laughs> Dude, a bear that loved peanut butter and live traps and stuck his head inside of it and was all, <clears throat> one day when you go take out the garbage. That happened too. But long starry shot, folks. The 16 square miles of state land, it was four miles by four miles. And literally there was Bigfoot in there. But the local Wiccan chapter did their sacrifices out in the woods. And there were certain nights of the week that you can go out in the silence of night and hear screaming animals. And that happens naturally anyway in the woods. But you knew like it was, oh, they must be out in the woods because they kicked them out of the village of the area and pushed them into like you got to go out there and they literally went out there and we were the only ones that lived out there and that was definitely part of my childhood hearing that in the night but you know i, I understand that live animal sacrifices were a thing two thousand years ago but i'm i'm call me a city boy i am moderately petrified to think that that stuff still happens dude what <laughs> in light of the current political stuff i'm shocked mm. that a lot of stuff still happens what I'm 
terrifiedly not surprised by is the the inability to identify it. Anything is real when it's real, and only identify it when it benefits your side of the world. Violence is violence, right? Well, no, because see, I'm incapable of viewing the world through anybody else's shoes. So only when it affects me is it a problem. It's terrifying. And we come full circle. Yeah. I mean, and that's probably what happens the most in, it starts in the home though. Yeah. When I do it, it's okay because there's a reason for it. And when you do it, you hurt me. And, you know, speaking is literal violence. Okay, I need you to go get your Merriam-Webster and go look up the word literal. Trying to educate me is literal violence. Okay. And then what about that time you you hit the guy with a brick? That wasn't violence. It's a that war on the speech. Yes, it's yeah, the war okay. on the conversation. Okay. okay. And up is down and down is up. And can I introduce you to this really cool book called 1984? Yeah, you know, and that's where I, I got, you know, we got whatever. You read these books in, in middle school and high school. And you're like, I don't know why this is important, but I'm just going to read it. And then you come as an adult and you go, oh, now I know why that was important. And these people just didn't get that stuff. And so... And even if it's not directly against, you know, what you think it is, it sure, unfortunately, feeds this confirmation feedback loop where everyone who's looking to be like right now, the people who are being silenced are the people that are literally waiting to be silenced. Oh, now they are. Yes. Mm. Like there's almost this proof that now we can dig deeper. Like that's almost doing the opposite. And it literally comes from. Like I heard a million times, and I'm sure you have too, the defense to bad speech is better speech. Like it's not shutting up the bad speech because no, then yeah. four years change and the regime changes and then they turn and go, hey, we have this precedent where we can fucking bar you off and do whatever the fuck we want. And it's like that doesn't help well, anyone now. Yeah, You know, they had this silence is violence mantra and the way they were using it was moderately stupid. But then the reality is, is there's there's five percent of truth in that is that when you create and you force silence. It a takes violence to do so, and b is violence against that person. But that's not a thing that they'll understand either, I suppose. You know, I had an epiphany, um, and here's where I alienate half the listening base again. Um, I had this epiphany with Islam back when that was the hot button issue in the early 2000s. Sure. And it's like, how do they? You know, how do you get one group of people who are like, Islam is the religion of peace, and everybody has you know mutual free. Um, yeah, healthcare and, and it's all just utopia with the other piece of the like, yes, but I also know that there's 50 videos a month on the internet of somebody getting beheaded and blood spilling everywhere and, you know, Harka Durka Muhammad Jihad. So like, what? that's not the religion of peace. Right. And then you kind of get this epiphany moment where, well, yes, if you're a real person, then you're treated with dignity and respect and you have rights and you did but if you're a woman, well, you're not a real person because women are not real people. And if you're an infidel, well, then you're not a real person because infidels are not real people. And if you're an apostate, then you're not a real person because apostates are not real people. And then if you're one of these people that are in God. these groups where you're not real people, yeah, well, then the sins don't matter and the gloves yeah. come off. And then it's yeah. your your holy duty to rip their entrails out. National security. Whatever. And I mean, I, I yes, everything exists along a continuum, but sometimes it's convenient to start with an extreme just for for purposes but you know taking one out of that playbook well if i don't if i don't 
the easiest way to win an argument is to change the definitions. It's why in a legal contract or a legal document, the definitions are the first five paragraphs. Let's establish what these words yeah. mean before we use them. Right. And so as soon as you come out and start changing the definitions, well, then... Yeah, it's so true. And then you're not having a conversation and it all happens you so can't quickly. Have a it's over. Anymore. Right. I mean, like, okay, here's my definition. A male has a Y chromosome and a penis and probably body hair and a deeper voice and, and does these things. Different bone structure and hormone right, right. What, profiles. And, yeah. Right. And so as soon as you start changing the definition and, and a male is just, you know, whatever you decide that you are today, well, now all of a sudden, uh, now, now, now all of these assumed tenants that go with the word, I mean, would a rose by any other name smell as sweet? Well, yeah, the thing is the thing. But now if rose is decoupled from that flower, oh, gosh, this rose smells terrible. Um, sir, that's last week's pot roast that was left in your car. Now it's a rose. Okay, well, then we're not communicating anymore. Correct. Like, <laughs> that's it. Logical. So, thou shall not commit logical fallacies, folks. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think this is going to be a running joke whenever you're a guest, is I'm just going to keep making yours different parts. So this is going to be part three. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not ever going to end it. It's just going to keep going. One continuous, one continuous stream of consciousness, everybody. I mean, that's that's a good thought. I'll leave that experiment running. For sure. All right, All right sir. sir. Have a wonderful night. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Cheers. <laughs> Bye.